Our scripture reading today is Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 32 through 40. And our message today is entitled, Spiritual Amnesia and Its Cures. This is the Lord's word. For ask now of the days that are past, which were before you, since the day that God created man on the earth, and ask from one end of heaven to the other, whether such a great thing as this has ever happened or was ever heard of. Did any people ever hear the voice of a God speaking out of the midst of the fire, as you have heard, and still live? Or has any God ever attempted to go and take a nation for himself from the midst of another nation? By trials, by signs, by wonders, and by war, by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, and by great deeds of terror, all of which the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes. To you it was shown that you might know that the Lord is God. There is no other besides him. Out of heaven, he let you hear his voice that he might discipline you. And on earth, he let you see his great fire. And you heard his words out of the midst of the fire. And because he loved your fathers and chose their offspring after them and brought you out of Egypt with his own presence by his great power, driving out before you nations greater and mightier than yourselves, to bring you in, to give you their land for an inheritance as it is this day. Know therefore today and lay it to your heart that the Lord is God in heaven, above and on the earth beneath. There is no other. Therefore you shall keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you today, that they may go well with you and with your children after you, and that you may prolong your days in the land that the Lord your God is giving you for all time. May the Lord bless you in the reading of his holy word. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Say good morning to one another one more time. Good So as we continue this series on Deuteronomy, we see Moses ending his first sermon, his first talk, his first words of encouragement to that generation that's ready to cross the Jordan River to take the land that God has promised them. We remember, hopefully a couple of weeks ago, that the purpose of Deuteronomy is not simply to understand the laws of God, but the purpose of Deuteronomy is for Moses to give his final speech. Remember, in, in Hebrew, um, the title of this book is not Deuteronomy. It's simply, these are the words. Well, these are the words of food. These are the words of Moses to his people. And he's talking to the second generation and trying to encourage them, warn them, and teach them that what God is about to do is another great work. Here in this end of this talk, that this first talk that Moses gives, he sort of sums up and, and charges the people and says, remember, 
Remember all that God has done. Remember who he is. Remember what his promises are that you may go forth. There's nothing more difficult in life than to have spiritual amnesia or to forget who you are. If you've ever been to one of these convalescence homes and you see these elderly people, perhaps you have loved ones like this, that their memory starts to fail, that they don't remember who they are, that they only remember in bits and pieces. And you see family members come and try to love. But there's a sadness because their loved ones don't remember them. Our memories make up a lot of who we are. There's a lot of great movies that deal with memory. One movie which I have not seen, I've just read the summary. It's called The Notebook, you know. I haven't seen it. But that movie is about what? A, a woman who can't remember but has flashes when things come back to her. And if you've seen the movie, which, you know, the ending is what? Her recognizing her husband and passing away together. That memory formed who she is. Or a movie that I have seen, which I really do like, is a Christopher Nolan movie, A Memento, one of the first movies that came out, where the man doesn't remember anything that's happened before. And all he does is, at the end of each day, put a new tattoo on to remind him what was happening. So when he wakes up, it's a riddle. He has to figure out who he is over and over again. And the movie goes on with how this one man manipulates him into thinking that he's gained his revenge because he wants to gain revenge against someone who did something to, to him. And this man says, you've already taken revenge, and now you need to do something else. And at the end of the movie, it's unclear whether or not that man, had, the man who lost his memory, had taken revenge or not. But you could see at the end of the movie, he writes what he wants to believe. He writes what his, he wants his history to be. Because he wants his memory. How awful it would be for us to forget who we are not only for ourselves, but for our loved ones. And God himself is into helping his people remember who he is. You see, the book of Deuteronomy is not presented to simply people who do not know God. The book of Deuteronomy is presented to the people of God. 
And God's love extends to the people that he's called to himself. All of you here, who can raise your hand up and say, you know, I know who Jesus is. Or for, even for those of you who are here who are saying, you know, I'm still seeking, but I'm here because I, I want to understand more of this God that you guys worship. What God does is he calls everyone to himself. And his covenant and his promises to his people is to love them, to nourish them, and to save them. This is the God that we have. This is the God that works. We remember from last week, the message from last week is how God saves his rebellious people. That there might be some here amongst you who are willfully rebelling against the God, rebelling against the Lord, and you know it. Rebellion doesn't have to be this anger, but rebellion can be quiet. And yet you know that God's love for you is immense. That the promise that he's made to hold you is greater than anything that your heart can do to repel him. The first thing we have to remember here when, 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 when Moses is encouraging his people about what God is going to do is to know, remember this, is God is going to do it. It's not by your might or your strength, but it's by God's handiwork. We see after this, after this first speech by Moses, we get into the laws that God gives. We get into the Ten Commandments. We get into the stipulations that God wants us to do in terms of how we should obey him. But just like in Exodus, when God rescued them, God does not say, first here is the law and obey, and then I will save you. But just like in Exodus, God saved them first and gave them the law. In other words, God's requirement from you is not to live a perfect life. God's requirement from you is not to have this moral perfection. God's requirement for you is simply to let him save you. Let him save you in your sin. Let him save you where you are. For none of us can save ourselves, or none of us can merit that saving from God. And so it is here. We remember that God is addressing his covenant people. And what God is saying is because I have made my covenant with you and promised to save you, you will be saved. Remember from Genesis, this land that they're about to take was the land that was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We know even from the perspective of Abraham, you might think that this man had a great faith. And I believe he did because he's, how can I say this? He's not a modern man. I remember when I first read Genesis and I saw the promise to Abraham, you will take this land and your descendants will be as many as the 
the stars and the skies and the sand and the seashore. And then after Abraham dies, where is he? He's in Egypt. Where is he? He was in the land for a bit, but he's not there anymore. Where is his descendants? He has one kid. And I remember reading that going, dude, that's, God, where are you? That's not a, that's not a promise fulfilled. You took Abraham out of his, his, his home country. You brought him there. They see famine. He's gone through all these things. And, and that's it. But God's promises are bigger and grander. His kingdom is grander. than just simply us receiving what we want. What Abraham received is simply knowing that God's promises will be fulfilled. And Abraham received the fellowship of God during his time as he walked with him. Brothers and sisters, you are God's covenant people. You have been called out by God. You have received through Jesus' sacrifice the calling to be sons and daughters of the living God. You have done nothing. All you need to do is receive. You do not know how his promises will be fulfilled in each and every one of your, your lives, but we do know that in the end, God's kingdom will come. And whether we are the bearers of seeing fruit by the plentiful or like Abraham we're simply here to labor until we see the final fruit when Jesus returns either way God is with us and so we rejoice so the first thing we have to understand about our spiritual amnesia is that we often think that our Our spiritual life depends upon me, what I can do, how much I can work. But what Moses is trying to remind them is that it's not you who worked. It's God who worked. God is the one who saves. God is the one who brings you out. God is the one who sends you. God is the one who gives. God is the one who takes away. And for us to remember the goodness that all he, he does all of this for his glory and for the good of his people. You are his covenant people. The second thing I want to, to talk about here is, for, is Moses reminds them that God has appeared to them. And I know you've heard me say this many, many times in many other messages and sermons, but I can never get over this because um, like you, I'm a visual person. Most of you are visual people. Um, and I know that because, you know, what makes the most money nowadays? It's, it's not iTunes. It's not listening to music anymore. It's, it's Netflix. It's, it's watching videos. Uh, a lot of you here are from, you know, you, I mean, almost all of you here from Asian descent. And, 
you know, I can't help when I go to a Korean restaurant and, and they have the TV on and they all, it's all just um, Korean pop music. Okay, and I don't, I can't even, I don't even know what they're singing about, but the visual effects are just, it's just a spectacle. You cannot not look at it. If it's there, you're just gonna, at least, you know, especially for someone like me who doesn't really watch it too much, watch it at, at all, not too much, watch it at all. Uh, you know, when I, when I see it, it, your, your, your eyes are, are just drawn to it. Imagine living in this day where all you have is desert. And he says to them, who is it that's seen the fire of God and lived? It was your parents. Who is it that when I went up to the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments, saw God's presence and did not die. It was you. What Moses is doing here is trying to remind people of God's wonders and miracles in their lives. To remember that what God has done in the past, surely because of his covenant promises to us, he will do in the future. And for us, we have two memories as God's people. The first memory is our historical memory. Do you remember that scripture teaches us that Jesus came? Do you remember that scripture teaches us that Jesus lived amongst us? He knows our trials and our sufferings. Do you remember that the same Jesus who knows us well died for us who were rebels against him and restored us to him? Do you remember historically the time when the Christians were persecuted for their faith and how God used the blood of the martyrs to bring about revival and bring about his kingdom do you remember for, for those of us who are Asian well, all of us are Asian descent here do you remember how God brought the gospel to Korea to China to Asia and how much the missionaries suffered families died martyred for the gospel do you remember how your parents immigrated here perhaps founded the first churches and yes those first churches they were social centers but they, they had to be And yes, it, it was a mess. It was not organized like our, how our Western brothers organize things. It was a mess. And yet through that mess, God spoke. Our history of who we are 
And God's working in us. It's evidence that God's faithfulness that He proclaims in Scripture has kept working and will continue to work. And His kingdom will come. For us to remember God's big hand in all the things that is going on. But the second thing, remember when God called you to him. Yes, some of you might have to think a little bit deeply of, of, of when that was. But I urge all of you, don't look at those spiritual experiences you had in the past and just write them off. So youth in my day, it was simply a spiritual high. You know, it was tainted too much with the fact that there was this pretty girl that I wanted to go see. Don't write those off. Do you not trust in God's sovereignty? That even in the midst of those things, that God is speaking to you or had spoke to you, that God has, has been working in you and will continue to work in you. Remember those days where God gives you like a, a gimme, you know, like in golf, right? It's like, I don't want to putt, just give me that, okay? It's just a gimme. Those days where you pray to God, God, perhaps as simple as, you know, my kids, let it snow today, and it snows. Or perhaps it's something a little bit more serious, God, family member sick. Please have mercy. Or perhaps, God, you know, I, I really would like to have this job. And God gives it to you. Looking back, you're like, you know, I know God doesn't work that way, but at that moment, at that doesn't work that way all the time, but at that moment, at that time, God did. God was gracious to you. And not to look at your spiritual past and, and look at it with eyes of doubt, eyes of suspicion, but to look at your spiritual past with eyes of grace and what God has done and what God is doing. The God who saved you will continue to save you. The God who has changed you will continue to change you. Don't have spiritual amnesia. Don't forget what God has done. Don't be like that main character in Memento and rewrites his history according to what his emotions are like or according to what the world says, you, how you should interpret your spiritual life. Our God is the only one who can interpret correctly, authoritatively, and truthfully all the things that he has done for you. And scripture teaches us everything that he's done for you and is doing and will do for you 
is for his glory and for your good. Every good and perfect gift is from our God and God alone. Thirdly, Moses wants to remind them that what God has done for them in the past, and this is in verse 36, is that God disciplines those he loves. God disciplines those he loves. All of you here who've grown up in the church, I'm honored that you're still here. <laughs> I'm honored and I'm amazed of my ministry here for, you know, for 12, 13 years or my ministry doing 20 years with Asian Americans up in Philly, Wisconsin, and down here. Thousands and thousands of people, right? You could probably know hundreds and thousands of people as well. And here you are at this one church, worshiping God. And there's something that you realize when you know that God loves you. Is that in the beginning, God gives you all those gimmies because he's gracious. But then God wants you to grow up, to mature, to be someone who trusts him, to be someone who can make wise decisions. So he disciplines you. At times it seems like he's withholding grace. At times it seems like he's being too harsh. At times it seems like the discipline takes way too long. For most of us, the discipline can be you know, something harsh in our lives, but I think for our generation and, and the people, you know, all of you who are here, to us, the discipline more is a psychological one. You see, for, for many of us, we want to feel that closeness to God that's undeniable. That's 100%. You know, whenever I do a, like a, a dating seminar for people and they ask me the question, how do you know? How do you know this is a person? Just how do you know? I mean, as Christians, shouldn't we be able to marry anyone? Right? I mean, we'll, we'll get it together, right? You know, I, you, you might know other people who are married. And you're like, dude, how do they get together? Like, how do you know? And... You know, don't, don't quote me on this as being sort of authoritative, but one of the things that I tell people is that I believe that God gives you a glimpse of that person. When you're dating that person, you see that person, and you see what they could be like if they were worshiping God at their fullest with no sin, they loved God with all their heart, soul, and their mind. And you saw that glimpse of that person like that. And your only thought was, I'm going to walk with that person and get them there. 
Going, oh, wow, that's really good. That's a good answer, Pastor Gia. <laughs> but I always tell them that glimpse fades. And the walk is still enjoyable, but it's a lot harder. But even though you don't feel that joy when you first had that glimpse, you know that when the Lord comes back, it will be there. For us as God's people, I, I believe the discipline that we need more than anything else is to know that God is close to us even when we don't feel close to him. That God wants you to know that his presence is with you regardless of how you feel, regardless of your circumstances, regardless how difficult life is or even how good life is. That God's grace is still there with you. Your good days are never so good that you are beyond the need of God's grace. Right? Your bad days are never so bad that you're beyond the reach of God's grace. Jerry Bridges. In his book, The Discipline of Grace reminds us that God's presence for us is always there and never will be. God does not want us to be little kids who live with our parents and get everything from our parents. God wants us to grow up spiritually where we know he's our father and we know that the battle is, a, battle is with us. We know that the father's presence is ever steady in our lives. This is our God. This is how he works. This is what Moses is, re, re, is trying to remind this second generation who's about to take the land. Remember, God is a God who chose you. God is a God who made these promises. God is a God who will do these things. Remember how he's appeared to you. Remember the historical events in your life. Remember here in this room your personal events in your life that God has done for you. Remember that all those things that seem like difficulties are actually good things for you so that you can see more of his love and his work in your life. And then he says, once you remember, once you remember, Go and obey me. Go and love people. Go and serve people. And so we do. Not by our own strength. Not by our own created memories. But, but, through, the mem but through our spiritual memory of who we are. And what God has done. Lastly, brothers and sisters. We, who we do not live in the Old Testament anymore. We, we live in the light of what Christ has done. And we have something that these Hebrews do not have. And we need to embrace this. And I know in Presbyterian circles, we don't talk about this too much or as much as I would like to. But, you know, we look at the Old Testament people and we are envious of them. We're envious. You know, God, 
pillar of fire right here. Show me. Now, some of you would say, well, it's just Paul doing his magic here. Somehow he made the fire appear. But show me a miracle. Just show me something. Anything. Make an angel appear right here to talk with us. I'll, I'll believe. I, I, I will follow you. God, just show me an epiphany in my dream. Just appear to me in my dream. Make it clear as day who you are. Show me. Give me a theophany. Send an angel. Just anything that, that I see in the Old Testament. Make it here. Let me see you walk on water. Let me see you multiply bread and fishes. Of course I'll follow you. But God has given you something even more precious than that. And we would be remiss if we forget. You see, the way God brings you into his covenant now is by sending his Holy Spirit on you. And his Holy Spirit lives in you. And this Holy Spirit's always pulling at your heart. And this Holy Spirit is pulling you towards Scripture. When you read Scripture, it's not this empty book, but it's a book of life, and, you, and it resonates with your soul. The Spirit's the one who pulls you when, you when you see someone who's downtrodden to go and love them. Not out of simply humanity, but because of God's love for you. The Spirit's the one who draws you to church. It says, I need to worship with brothers and sisters. This spirit is the miracle that everyone from Moses to Abraham to David to Elijah to Isaiah, Jeremiah, every Old Testament figure, they are envious of you. Because to them, God was simply external. To you, God is now internal. And that miracle in you guarantees one thing about our, our good Lord. Is that if you ever do forget, God will remind you. If you ever do forget, God's spirit written in your heart will awaken you. And we are pleased by God. And we say to God, we don't need anything out there. For all that I am is simply in here by your Holy Spirit. Our Holy Spirit is our great reminder. Our Holy Spirit Our Holy Spirit reminds us over and over again who we are. Let's pray.